Chapter 13, Mountaintops Are Not Final Destinations. As I type this today, our family is six years past dad's diagnosis, and I sat by him at dinner last night. We went through two very intense years of treatment, and he continues weekly maintenance to keep cancer from getting a foothold. There have been many tears and praises and blogs and lessons learned through our family's journey with cancer. After all that God has done, even Dad has said he would not go back to who he was before. God has truly been faithful and has continued to work all things for our good. Dad's diagnosis and cancer battle was an obstacle that very much drew my attention to the land I sought. In my fear, I wanted to dig in, hold ground, and run to my homeland to tend to the things of this earth. God kept gently pulling up the roots that I desperately wanted to take hold of so that He could keep lifting me up to the plans He had for me. Each step of faith that I thought would finally get me to the land I longed for actually just took me closer to the next ledge from which I was to leap. The trip to Israel made the trip to Ethiopia possible. The trip to Ethiopia was my moment on the mountain and what I thought was the whole point of all this mess, to bring my heart and will into full surrender to God. I've arrived at my destination. We've pulled this plane up to the gate. Now I'm ready to unbuckle and go claim my land. I've been to the mountain, God was faithful, and I'm all set. Thanks for the ride, God. You were totally right. Now let me snuggle into the life for which I have prayed. Surely all this preparation has been meant to lead me right where I keep asking you to lead me. Right? You take me through a series of obstacles to refine my heart and then give me everything I wanted? But God wasn't preparing me for my plans. He was preparing me for His. I kept thinking we had reached our final destination, but each one of these mountaintops were for preparation. Each mountaintop was also a place where I could have chosen to climb down instead of leap off. I could have decided to be angry when Dad was diagnosed. I could have allowed fear to prevent me from flying. We always have the choice to choose belief or unbelief, trust or distrust, faith or fear. Thankfully, when the next cliff presented itself, I had seen enough with God in the leap before that he empowered me to let go and jump again. I went to Israel with mom and dad and my home church. God gave me all the people who made me feel safe. Then I went to Ethiopia with Jess because she needed me. God was asking me to help someone else and I could see the purpose to help my friend whom I loved. The next leap would be to go alone to India. India, you guys. I never even thought to tell God not to send me there. India was basically Mars to me, and it should have been a given that I would never go there. If I didn't want to go to Mexico and Africa, then obviously it's a no for India. His plans were starting to get ridiculous. See, what had happened was, I answered the phone when an Indian couple who were in the United States visiting their daughter called the ministry where I worked. They wanted to get resources before returning to India. They had been involved in ministry for many years. Arrangements were made for them to visit our offices, and since my manager was out the day of their visit, I was told to give them the tour. Just minding my own business, unsuspecting, naive, thinking I was all settled, I gladly met with them and enjoyed hearing their hearts and showing them around. We were fast friends. 
Over the next several months, they sent me their monthly e-newsletter showing how they had used our resources for marriage counseling events they were doing in India. I forwarded their emails to the director of our international department so he could see the fruit of the books and the language he had given them as gifts. After several months of seeing what God was doing through this couple in India, our international director replied back to me and asked to have a conversation about their ministry. If I had known in advance where that conversation would lead, I'm sure I would have run out of the building. He requested that I ask them if they would be interested in having someone come and explain how the resources from our ministry would help them and other church leaders. Would a training conference be helpful as they try to grow hope in India? Through a series of emails, they confirmed it would be helpful. Many pastors and church leaders they contacted were very much interested in being equipped with the resources and tools for counseling help in their churches. Of course they were. The ministry we worked for had several Indian languages already translated, and unbeknownst to me, the international director had been praying for openings to share how our resources could help the church counsel and disciple one another there. I relayed their response to our international director, and he told me he thought I should be the one to go do the training. Who what now? My yes to God seemed to be getting more costly. Lights kept turning green on these plans, and it was so scary to me. Israel with mom and dad and Ethiopia with Jess were fine, but India by myself? Nope, nope, nope. But, okay, yes. Followed by a heavy sigh and tears. One particularly fear-filled day, I went into the international director's office and cried and cried. Why am I going? Shouldn't someone else do this training? Like a real person who knows how to go to India? He welled up with tears too and said, I don't know why, but when I pray about this, the Lord keeps confirming to send you. I was sick and scared, but all in. For many, this may seem kind of ridiculous, as going to India may sound like a wonderful adventure, but it did not seem that way to me. Going to India was not who I am, but God had done too much for me to actually say no at that point. I had seen enough to keep saying yes, but it was gut-wrenching. India, alone, never in all my days. Each step before led to this step. If God had revealed all his plans to me at the beginning, which is what I tend to beg him to do, I would not have been able to handle it. But because he shoots messages to me on the as-needed basis, he slowly builds and builds my faith and his power in me. I will not say no to him. He has done too much to go back now. But sometimes I forget who I am and I think I'm a chicken. Next Degree of Glory, October 24th, 2012. It begins today. I'm going to begin sharing this India journey with you. Two weeks from now, I will do my own proverbial version of jumping off the cliff, skydiving, trusting. It's funny how I thought moving to Fort Worth would be my big leap in life, but he keeps taking my breath away with new and further leaps. I'm so uninformed of the agenda. The more I try to figure the agenda out, the more anxious I get. The more anxious I get, the more I'm driven to seek Him. The more I seek Him, the less the agenda matters. 
laying aside every weight. Where is God leading? What is he doing in my life? Is he taking care of me? Will I stay in Texas? Will I move closer to home? Will I ever get married? Will I ever be a mother? And a whole host of other thoughts for family and friends that I would like to see him fix and heal and laying aside every sin. I'm going to opt out of listing those here. I'm going to run with endurance the race that is set before me, looking to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. He's been softly and tenderly and silently letting me squirm and question and strive, all to bring me to let go again. Let him lead again. Surrender is always so difficult, my struggle, and sweet with him, his grace. Yesterday, I had to have my crying fit. I knew it was coming. Preparing for India so outside of my preferred box is a little daunting to me. Daunting equals stress. Stress equals a moment of unabashed tears. My coworkers are so lucky. I didn't go out in the lobby and tear my clothes or throw ash around, but I did the equivalent at my desk with a friend who was a blessing in my life. We talked about God's silence. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is the one who will be at work in India. I just have to let go and let him do it. Then I sat at my desk praying for clarity and courage, the same prayer that first led me to Fort Worth, and it began to get clearer and he is making me feel stronger. I really wish I was more classy and could report to you with total coolness, I am living this life of surrender to him, but I'm just kind of messy. I wrestle with where he has led and where he is leading. I get insecure and awkward and unsure and angry and sad, and although I do not lose my resolve, although my faith continues to grow, I do sometimes lose a little heart when my frailty is exposed. When I ask, who am I to go? I keep getting reminded to ask, who is he? The answer to who is he shuts my mouth, restores my joy, heals my wounds, grows my love, quiets my fears, directs my footsteps, washes me clean, transforms my life, sets me free, still makes me cry. I love him and love sometimes spills out of my eyes. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore we, I, are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we, I implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21 So after my little fit yesterday, I got a lot of work done. Then I went home. I listened to Simon and Garfunkel's greatest hits, one of my favorites, had a fun conversation with someone I love talking about ice cream and good news, cooked dinner, worked on my church home group study that I will do again this weekend, read a couple of chapters of Love Does, and said goodnight to the day. This morning on my way to work, I accidentally hit shuffle all music on my iPod as I hooked it up to the car. The first song was a Willie Nelson song from his album Stardust. 
another one of my favorites. So I left it on shuffle. As I drove, the next song that came on was Alanis Morissette's Thank You. I have not actually listened to this song in years. And as I really listened to the lyrics, I began to laugh all the way to work. I don't know what all these words to that song meant to her, but I know what they meant to me. There are so many words from yesterday in those lyrics. Maybe that wasn't a coincidence. Maybe he shuffled my iPod. Can he not do that? You could roll your eyes at that, or maybe you might listen for him a little closer in your life. He's kind of great. He is the God of the universe, and yet, because he is love, loves me. He takes care of me from one degree of glory to the next. Ridiculous. It ruins the mood to just type out the lyrics, but if you want to see them, Google it. Or if you have a second, maybe listen for yourself. For the record, I'm not on any antibiotics. Gracefully Frank. What's your story? Has God ever asked you to do something surprising? Maybe something you didn't want to do? Maybe you did it anyway. What were the results? How long has it been? Not every thought that passes through our mind or every song that comes on the radio is a message from God. That voice in us from Him must align with His Word. But the more we know His Word and the more we watch for it, the more we hear Him. Have you ever heard God outside of the walls of the church? How did it line up with His Word? What did you do? And what were the results? <laughs> 